Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise in revolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green and Laura Thompson. Debs. Laura. Hello, how are you? I'm not bad, thank you. How are you doing? Um, Well, fascinated as always in the evolving landscape of work that we're seeing unravel. And present yourself ahead of us. I know, it's all a bit crazy, isn't it, really? It is. And so here we are in 2020. Yeah. And um, I just knew that this decade was going to be shape-shifting. I had no idea it was going to jolt quite so quickly. But we just had a feeling, didn't we, that this was yeah. going to be enormous. Yeah, this you did. And- I remember you saying about that, that, you know, this decade was going to be an are we ready and, you know, what do we need to think about? And you were talking about that, you know, two two plus years ago now. So, yeah, yeah it's amazing. Careful what you wish for, right? I think we should uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> donuts all round, though, just to keep us insane, <laughs> I think. So... <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I was I was uh, chatting with a client earlier on today, and I said, "This decade is is not for the faint-hearted, and it's certainly not for the people that prefer a quieter work life." Definitely not. Yeah, it's going to be lots kind of going on. Yeah. Um. And I guess what we're both passionate about is is how can we um help and support people to be as prepared as possible. Yes. So they can maximize their calling and be able to be their best version of themselves and all that kind of great stuff yeah definitely and work I think working on what's important for them as well I think that's the bit certainly with clients at the moment is just helping them re if you like re-look at the landscape and um, and just take a moment to reflect and um, look at you know who are they now and what's important to them now uh, and then working out their plan um, as much as they can as to you know what could be um, and then just exploring options I think because you know it's about as you always talk about being foxy um, and you know being to adapt and to the to the changes around us I think it's now more than ever as you've said you know many occasion law yeah but I think I think you need that kind of jolt so you know as I sort of shared a couple of times my wake up and smell the silicon moment yeah. was sitting there in summer of 2015 and listening to a professor of um, consciousness talking about the work he'd been doing with sentient robots so robots yeah. that can think and I remember sitting there thinking oh my gosh how long am I going to be able to get away with copying information from the internet bunging it onto a PowerPoint slide and expecting people to still be comfortable to travel and commute and sit in a room while I take them through that pre-processed information. Like how long am I going to be getting um, income in return for that? And then, you know, as you know, my daughter at that point then, I I then did a bit of quick calculation and worked out she was going to be 18 in the year 2030. That's right. And then just thought, well, what does that mean to me as a parent, equipping her with a childhood that means that, the world is her lobster as and when she's looking for work, etc. Yeah. And it just it just flabbergasted me that when I did a Google search back in 2015, what all the highest paid skills of 2030 be, no one had done the thinking. I just yeah. could not believe that we were inventing all of this technology, but yet not the skills matrix <laughs> yeah, to, go of, to go with it. You know, yeah. and of course, pandemic was not even on the list of sort of things. Then no. and I think that jolt is sometimes what's needed to just basically wake up and have a look around you. And yeah. you know, from the career future proofing workshops that I've been yeah. running over the years, and I, and I noticed that when I flipped that checking question from rather than turn to the person next to you and talk about your career history and how long you've been in your current role, 
I noticed that actually a far more um, uh, 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 energizing way to start the sessions was turn to the person next to you and just quickly calculate how many years of work ahead of you do you need or want to have? Yeah. And that sure concentrates the intention then in terms of thinking, God, because if you're someone sitting there with 35 years of work ahead of you. Yes. Then, you know, yeah. <laughs> worth I having a think. Of, it is worth having a think. And I think that's that bit where I think I sat in that one of your workshops you did, actually. And I remember you asking that question in the group that I was in. And I sat there and went, oh, my God, I've never thought about it from that way so I know we always talk about you know how can we disrupt our thinking but I think that question and back then was like wow I hadn't even given that any thought Mm. really um and the fact that since then I suppose focusing on you know what's important and what do you know how do I want to be working and what do I want to be working at it just sort of if you like resonated at that point and I know the people in the room at that time um it certainly got them thinking because it was a completely different spin I think on you know what we have to consider now and I think not not all of us will ask ourselves that difficult question or flip it on its head you know like what's ahead of you as you said you know I remember my dad being in work um and taking time out and you know when I said to him you know on the 11th time I've been made redundant that's it the only person that can make me redundant is me um I'm going to go self-employed um that was back in 2005 and um he just said oh I don't think you should I think you should get a, you know get a proper job whatever a proper job means and and look where I am now you know so yeah and it's working yeah I mean that's the interesting thing Debs and your your experience you have in your privilege you know position as being a um a coach to what extent do people's childhood influences and beliefs around work potentially limit or open up their their mm. their their career potential so what 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 do you pick up about that yeah so it's, it's a really good thing to consider because yeah, you know, certainly some and some of the companies I've worked with over the years, you know, you can see that there's been generations that have gone through that company and it's just the expected thing. So that, you know, my granddad worked, you know, baking bread type thing or in the car industry or something like that. So it's just a natural progression that their son and, and their sons and daughters will also follow in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm, you know, and I think you, you can have that. And then it's whether the parents, I suppose, um, you know, enable their children to do what they really, really love. And I'm working with people on establishing their A-level or O-level, G- or no O-level, well, that was years ago, GCSEs <laughs> now. <laughs> um, it's that bit that says, you know, how much of an influence do their parents have about you need to get the core subjects in? Um, and yet somebody may be brilliant at, you know, the creative or the art, um, yet their parents are saying, go down this route. Um, and they might not enjoy that. And, you know, having worked with graduates as well, when you find out what they graduated in and what they're doing now, it's completely different. So, but mm. they're doing stuff that they sort of found themselves in, but they are they happy? Not all of them. Um, so it's given them the belief to say, well, what if you tried something that you really wanted to do? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think, again, flipping that question in terms of how long of work, uh, paid labour is ahead of you that you either need or want to have. You know, if, if someone's sitting there saying, well, probably actually about 30 years, 
it sure makes you wake up and think 30 years and I don't really love the job that I'm in now. Can I stick this out for another 30 years? It also means, I think, that is a realisation you can take some risks now. Yeah. Um, so you can take some risks and try out some things because to guarantee a hole in one yeah. for a 30 year stretch in one job that's going to give you continuous employment. I mean, it's laughable when you think about it in that way. Yeah. Do you know, Debs, I remember having a conversation with an HR director. It must have been the back end of 2018. And I asked them, um, you know, I'm really interested in technology and the disruptive effect that's going to have on the employment landscape in your HR world. What's yeah. going to be disruptive for you? And they replied to me, defining a worker. And I didn't really get it then. I certainly get it now because yeah. words like furlough weren't even used there. So who gets furloughed and who doesn't? And what actually is a definition of work? Yeah. And, you know, as we caught up earlier this week, 77 million people are freelancers around the globe right now. That's an amazing so if you've been, amount of people. I know. And Deloitte and Touche estimate that by 2025, 50% of the world's paid workers will be working on a freelance basis, wow. potentially being found by, I call them sort of Uber for brains, basically, but um, found by crowdsourced um, open talent um, networks, etc., which yeah. may sound like a load of words all shoved together now, but we didn't know what furlough was yeah. six months ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, who, know, who knows how quickly? And I think that's one of the things that I feel really passionate about is that sometimes we can get a little bit uh, blinkered by thinking that how people around us work or how our parents worked are the only options, but yeah. there are huge amounts of different ways of generating income Definitely, definitely. And I think working with people, especially now where people have been in their careers, if you like, um, and now they're having to find something different. So it's about, you know, how do they reinvent themselves? Um, mm. And, you know, how do they, if you like, have to get more creative about the opportunities that they could find and start looking for stuff like that. So, you know, there's a bit around, you know, doing, you know, we talk about having doing your due diligence. Um, so get your thinking in before you create your plan of action. And I think that's the bit that where I've been working recently is with people to just get them thinking differently um, and getting them to think about, um, you know, giving them choice, what talents do they have? What skills do they bring? You know, how many of them are transferable from one industry to another? You know, how do they package themselves? Um, you know, around writing their personal profiles, I think is really key um, so that, you know, they're, they're shining a light on who they are so that if people are looking at their information, um, they can see and they can stand out because they're starting to have to connect back with who they really are um, and what they bring to the party. And it's been fascinating to watch how people have um, developed their skill base, I suppose. Um, and I've had to deal with knockbacks along the way, don't get me wrong, but you know, their determination and their perseverance and their tenacity and to keep on going and, and linking back into the resilience and picking themselves back up to, to go, right, I'm going to go again. And, and the world of work or the worker um, has changed and they're beginning to come around to seeing the opportunities are there. We just mm. have to think differently. Mm, absolutely. So that might be where, I mean, this isn't a new term, portfolio career. I remember a friend of mine saying that to be, you know, 15 years ago, which is you might have a 
two to three day a week role, yeah. um, remote base now, that could be a global role on the other side of the world. You then um, bring in a little bit more personal revenue by selling craft online, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, via some kind of website that you're able to load stuff on. Yeah. And then the other stuff maybe is you do some, you know, phone work or some, um, in, you know, remote based virtual work. I mean, yeah. there are more than just having a payroll number with a single salary that comes through on the last Friday of the month. Yes. I think that's one of the things, Debs, that, that just sort of blew my mind when I first became self-employed because I'd lost my job. Yeah. Is then suddenly realizing how numbing that week, that monthly standing order is. And you sure value money in a different way when it comes through in in different in different kind of yeah. uh, um you know, different sort of formats, um, because you, you, you know, you just, you're never going to have that payday if, if that makes sense. So yeah. you have to hustle every day yeah. when you're self-employed, but in a yeah. weird way, I feel in more financial control now self-employed than I did when I worked for a company that then got put into administration at the start yeah. of the last recession. And that's it. And and then, you you know, you can control that. I know that's one thing my dad always said to me was, if you go self-employed, if you're going to do it, you've got to watch the cash flow. And mm. I never really understood that at the beginning because it was like, oh, I'll just give it a go and see. But, oh, you really do. That's the thing. Um, You know, you've got to plan more, I think, and you've got to be ready and have a pipeline and all of the lovely stuff that they, you know, people advise you as you're setting up business. And I now advise coaches that are setting yeah. up their own business to consider the financial aspect of it. But at the time, I'd never really given that any thought. But, you, you know, you've got to scan, if you like, be ready to to adapt as well, I think, and just yeah. look for opportunities and, you know, change your thinking. And, and as you said, I remember working with different people that had a full-time job but did other stuff on the side. Um, and actually some of them now who have lost their job, unfortunately, they've actually been able to pick up their sideline business and that's now become their business. Yep. Um, and they, they've they gone self-employed, but they never thought they could or would or oh, it's too much of a risk. But as you said, speaking to them now, they're like going, this is the best thing that ever happened in, yeah. in effect because they're doing what they really, really love to do and are passionate about. Yeah, And they're making it work. So I guess the purpose of this conversation we wanted to have was, is there are many different ways to skin a cat, basically. And yeah, sometimes definitely. the way in which we're brought up yeah. or the friendship or personal networks we have can sometimes blinker us off to actually the opportunities that are out there on the horizon. Yeah. I loved your phrase you just said about doing due diligence, which is before you kind of totally focus on writing a CV, spending days doing up that CV and going through maybe some traditional recruitment routes. There are many other ways of actually working yeah. and even the HR professionals are struggling to define what does it mean to be a worker I mean think yeah. about all the hassle we have with IR35 which seems like a distant dream <laughs> you know it. and so that's that's for example where the freelancing economy again yeah. is another way for organizations to circumvent that I guess yes. so we will see popping up more and more different ways and I think technology as so the app as the manager for example that's what you know the way that Uber works, for example, is the app yeah. that closes that gap between supply and demand. And we'll see more and more of that in terms yeah. of not just the hands on the wheel roles, but also the brains, you know, kind of. So. 
And I know you always talk about that, um, you know, courage to think differently, but also to be wide minded. Um, And I know you mentioned that on one of the the workshops that you did on the webinars that, you know, and you think, yeah, actually, the more I can broaden my thinking and widen it out, um, actually, the more you start looking outside of the box. I know that's an old cliche, but, you know, there could be opportunities there and have the courage, I think, to to step into that space and give it a go because you never know. Right. Until you start doing it and go wow actually I can do this and I think that's the that's the bit where you you just go oh there is something out there um but I not to rule it out but to consider it and have a choice I suppose yeah it's it's choice isn't it absolutely and I think the last thing uh just point to make before asking for some practical advice for anyone out there thinking okay right what what should be my to do now then is certainly what has um I'd never thought about before is the the working opportunity that working remotely opens up because suddenly what that means is is I can be present at an Australian conference and still read uh you know the kids story to bed so actually for me what's opened up my eyes is the global working landscape that now is not dictated by transport commuting sleeping (laughs) you can actually be really clever and smart in terms of how you try and schedule it I mean it's a nightmare trying to do the time zones but anyway (laughs) but um but from a remote point of view which is the bit that I never could have predicted that everyone would suddenly have to work remotely actually we may you know miss some of the glamour that comes with not stepping out of the house going to somewhere but it does mean that you can work the other side of the world um, and 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 still be able to attend to all your daily responsibilities so I think that's the other thing as well is that don't limit yourself to a nine to five geographically rooted role because actually there's a whole world out there yeah um, and as long as you can organize your life in a way that means you look after yourself and you're well yes. then um actually the world's your lobster <laughs> there's so much <laughs> opportunity out there but yeah. sometimes we can get a little bit caged in in terms of what these old school beliefs around work yeah. Um, are. Yeah. Um, so Debs, ever the practical, what would be your top tips for someone? Here we are coming up to the end of this most shape-shifting of years to start a new decade. For anyone that has got at least, I don't know, three plus years ahead of them in the yeah. world of work, what would you say would be some practical tips right now? Um, I think to give some focus um, and sort of energy and attention and effort into thinking about what what you're really good at and I think looking at your talents your unique skills and qualities what bring what makes you you and just take a moment to to think about those and write them down so that you've got your shopping list so you've got your you know your personal profile if you like of a, this is me uh, and and then from that it's then designing um, where you want to go with it and how you can transfer that across the different things and I think it's also been smart about how you write a cover letter a CV a LinkedIn post it's a, it's then about the way you communicate that out about yourself but trust yourself I think and and you know as I said we said do your due diligence and do it on you so know who you are and what you have to offer I think is where I would start yeah love it and just to balance it out for anyone that is employed with an organization I guess it's also again being foxy which is what can you do to help your organization for whom is housing you flux and react and respond to all the kind of you know changes that we've seen around it so just because I was recruited with job description x 
was 10 years ago yeah. doesn't mean that I'm stuck within the confines of that job description because actually what organizations yeah. need right now is to be full of people who are energized and yeah. prepared to do what it takes to keep that organization you yeah. know um thriving and it's also to have that courage to speak up, I think, and say, you know, and and if the if the manager's got it right and they have welcome, open dialogue and open conversations about let's explore options um, and, you know, get people's ideas and thoughts, you know, they can listen to the people, you know, as they that are doing the frontline stuff and they can potentially learn because they've listened in and then they can adapt and flex whatever their offering might be um, because the people that are dealing with the customers or having to have phone calls they're the ones that know what's really going on you know so if, if a manager gets it right and as has these open forums to listen in um and hear and supply donuts to the team as they're talking i think then, then they can actually learn as well and then adapt and flex you know and not be stayed and get stuck in in their ruts really i think it's that yeah. bit for me yeah oh i love it Debs. Yeah. What's, what's the favorite phrase we got at the moment you're never too young to lead and you're never too old to learn. Yes, definitely. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> Lovely. Well, as I munch my way through the seventh donut that I bought myself for this uh, podcast, um, uh, I say it's fascinating. So watch out, world. More and more ripples of change to come, I think, in this employment landscape. Definitely think so, Laura. And it's just being ready and it's okay. We're all in it together. But yeah, bring people along with you. Yeah, love it. All right. Love you. Love you Bye. Lot. See you later. Bye. 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 Secrets from a coach. Brought to you by Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at wishfish.org.uk.